Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Flames. The Calgary Flames are back in the win column after slipping and sliding their way through a back-to-back against the Edmonton Oilers and Seattle Kraken. Should we start leaning in to this inconsistency and middle-of-the-road hockey team and keep our expectations low, or do we ride the wave and get frustrated? Let's talk about it here on today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. My name is Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Today, we need to fully commit to the Calgary Flames being back in the middle of the road where they can sometimes beat the the bad teams but can't consistently hang with the big dogs. And we just have to accept that and lean fully into it. And we're going to talk about some of the simple mistakes and errors that this team makes and that they if they just cleaned it up, they could bolster their game just a little bit but before we get into that please remember to subscribe to lockdown flames wherever you get your podcasts and of course we are on youtube as well and we have some fun end of the year content coming up so of course make sure you're sticking around for that my goodness this team could not stay out of their own way against the oilers mainly manjipani i feel like he has this target on his back especially these last two games um I think that he has had a hard time finishing and then he just takes silly penalties and then he gets kind of mouthy with the refs. But, uh, you know, of course, the game-winning goal came from Connor McDavid in the third period on the power play. I mean, if there's one team you don't take penalties against, it is the Edmonton Oilers. We know this. We know that they're just power play merchants. We know how good they are in the power play. So that third period just downward spiral after that. And I think it's so frustrating to watch as a fan to watch it. And then as someone who's commenting on the game, because you're like, you know that that's the turning point of the game. And I'm not saying, oh, well, like the Flames could have won if they didn't take that penalty. Like they would have won. I mean, they could have. There's a 50-50 chance. Had that not happened, though, and they had forced overtime, at least they're walking away with a point. Right now, they lost two points to Edmonton and gained two points against Seattle. It just, it doesn't balance, like, you're balancing each loss out, but you're never gaining (laughs) true momentum. And that cushion of the four games before Christmas, really, it, it did help them, and we're seeing it already. But I thought that the game against the Oilers was going to be your typical high-scoring Battle of Alberta. No, I thought that it was a good game, but it was a true Daryl Sutter hockey game. Two to one. What did we say when Daryl Sutter came in? We're going to see more two to one hockey games, three to two hockey games from this team. I don't think that's necessarily true, but we saw it then. And the Flames did get a little bit goalied by, uh, Skinner I thought that you know they were taking as many shots as they could they weren't necessarily great shots but against a team like the Oilers who have bolstered their defense and have 
a, a decent goalie in Stuart Skinner, you know, you just you take what you can get and hope that someone's parked in front of the net to finish what you started. And I'm going to talk about talk about more about that in a second. But I also want to praise Markstrom. I didn't think Markstrom was going to start, even though he had that win against the Oilers back in October. I just I don't know. I feel like it was it could have been a very wrong move in terms for his confidence. But I was so very wrong, and I thought he looked great. And the I don't want to say the blame falls on the offense because that's not right. But I do think we have to shift some of the responsibility here to the offense and their inability to finish. And this is where we have to talk about making up for Gaudreau and Kachuk. Because parking Lucic in front of the net on a line with Huberto and Kadri is not going to do anything. First of all, Luch doesn't have that intimidating factor to him anymore. When was the last time he truly fought someone and, like, you know, you just see this big dude in his shoulder pads standing there? He isn't doing anything. Yeah, he's had two goals or four points in four games, but how much of that is truly just coincidental? Like, Milan Lucic is not 2012 Cup, Stanley Cup champion Milan Lucic anymore. And I think. This is where teams, especially, you know, we know it's a revolving door of coaches in this league. And we know that like assistant coaches have moved from here. And this one has won a cup with this one. And this one has a, has played with that one. And like, there's just pieces of uh, this Stanley cup team, any Stanley cup team over the last 10 years scattered around the league and they're living in the past. And I don't know how many times I'm going to scream about this, how many times I'm going to hit my head on my desk about it. I have non-Flames fans asking me about it. I have my boyfriend's family asking me about it. Like, this is not just, like, something the Flames fan base is seeing, okay? But Milan Lucic is not a top six player anymore. Get him out of the top six and move someone like Adam Rzichka, who had 20 points in 25 games, up to that line. Give him a chance to succeed. Give him the momentum, the the quality line mates, the minutes that you need to generate scoring, that you need to have someone out there who can finish. Because I'm sorry, Milan Lucic standing in front of the net, parked like a Buick in two parking spots, is not doing anything. It is not doing anything besides harming this team when he's on the ice. And I, I just need everyone to just sign the petition. There's no real petition. But I don't really think petitions like actually do anything um, besides show support. But um, if we could get it across Daryl Sutter's desk, that would be cool. But again, doesn't do anything. To just get Lucic off the top six, I think it is time to swap him and Rizichka. I do. The, I don't expect the Calgary Flames to be this top and high end talent like the Leafs when they have like Nylander, Marner, Matthews out there every night scoring because the Flames don't have that. They don't because they aren't setting, number one, they aren't putting $2 billion into like two players. But anyways, I they, they don't have that. They don't have that talent. They don't have a coach that is willing to put this young kid up in the lineup and give him a chance. And we saw it with Matthew Phillips as well, who scored again. In like a nine to two win over the 
Uh, so it was the Wranglers against the Thunderbirds, I believe, the Coachella Firebirds. Yeah, Coachella Firebirds. And I just, if you want to get a smidgen better, you need to take this team to the next level by adding Adam Rosicka to your top six. Like, that's, I feel like we shouldn't be questioning that. We shouldn't be like, like, it just, it, fe- it truly feels like a no brainer. Moving Rosicka to the top six, my glasses, if you're watching on YouTube, um, they are horribly crooked. Sorry, um, I, I, I like roll over on them when I take my naps. Anyways, Adam Rosicka will elevate and or help balance out that line of Kadri, Huberto, and Milan Lucic. Take Lucic, like literally like a claw machine. Okay, and now take Rosicka. Swap them. I'm sorry, but I get it. Scratching Lucic and then he goes on like, he scores two goals or whatever. That is not a reason to keep him in this lineup when you have talented players that you can shift around and get to where you want to be. But enough about that because we're going, we are going to be talking more about uh, lacking success and offense coming up next on Locked on Flames. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, And of course, if you are uh, struggling with gambling addiction or feel like, you know, you could use a little bit of help, um, there is always gambling resources available for you. But first of all, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and scores for you. When it comes to placing your bets, they have you covered from pro leagues to amateur leagues. It is... Prime time to start betting on some hockey, maybe some playoff odds. You know, are you, is Carlos Correa going to sign with the Mets? Are they going to rescind their contract or is he going to go back with the Giants? What is going on? Let's place a bet on it at Bet Online where the games start. And thank you all for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. As always, I am Jess Belmosto and you can follow me at Jess Belmosto on Twitter. I, this, this is so hard to talk about because like, not talk about, but try to rationalize because you, you watch this team go from what they were last year to what they are this year. And the number one thing besides obviously missing Gaudreau and Kachuk, the Flames are not their own worst enemy here. They're not. It's the post. The post is the, it's like enemy number one, numero uno. It's the post. There have to have, there has to be a record number of posts that the Flames have hit so far this season. And I think Toffoli would win the trophy, get some sort of plaque, some pretty graph to show that he has hit the most posts. I mean, hey, at least he's scoring too. Uh, I think he hit the post like two or three times in the game against the Oilers. Mangiapane hit the post. And then, of course, you know, last night Toffoli scored which is fantastic. And I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I do think that Andrew Mangiapane has regressed a little bit. And that, that hurts to say, because this kid is so talented and you know that he can play well, you know that he can score you 35 goals, but what are you going to do? Like there's only so much number one, that the player can do. And I think the lack of finishing doesn't help. But the team definitely gets like 90% there and then they just fall flat. And it's so hard 
to watch that because you're like, oh, if only there was someone in front of the net. If only. And that's why I think we need to put Rizushka there or just like we need to work on that net front presence. Um, that That's going to be a huge thing, especially on the power play. I feel like at five, uh, 5v5, even strength, it's a problem, but especially the power play because you want to generate those rebounds. You want the refs aren't quick to blow plays dead. They were last night with Mangiapane. Again, this poor kid is just like fighting for his life right now. But if you have a guy that you know can like rebound and is so focused like a Matthew Phillips or Adam Rzichka, I think that you will see more success there. There is no easy way to replace what connection Goudreau and Kachuk had when it came to, you know, those wraparounds and just finishing. And I don't think that is something that you can replace um, immediately or really at all, but you have to come up with some sort of solution and replacement. And I just, it, it drives me bonkers, drives me bonkers when people are like, this team is better off without those two. And it's like, are they? Are they better off without them? Because they could really use some offense. They could use some of that skill, that high-end talent. It, it's on the roster, but just not in the same way. It's not a dig. Not a dig at any of the free agents we signed or who we traded for. It is just every player brings something different to the game. And that's that. Like, you're, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. But I do think that if you want to get better, you need to, <laughs> I don't want to say like hold auditions or tryouts, but you need to start like strategically thinking how to make this work. Because again, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out what's missing. Yes, Milan Lucci is just usually standing right there, but what is he doing? I feel like he just gets lost in space. And just to have like the talent that this that is on this roster, it is not translating to the ice and I don't know what it is I I think I'm not I'm not quick enough to criticize Daryl Sutter because I think Daryl Sutter can do anything but at the same time it's just kind of like why aren't you trying this why aren't you trying new things it's that level of stubbornness that we talked about last week with Nick Zararis and it just god figure something out please you know, maybe next year uh, they'll they'll work on that because they'll look back at their notes and see, oh, that's what we were missing. Like, these guys watch film, okay? You know these coaches watch film. You know the players watch film. You know Brad Tree Living watches film. But how can you sit there and say, it's very smart of Lucic to just stand there parked in front of the net like that. What is he doing? I, like, I don't know if he moves the stick. Like, you know, like that the little, like, foosball hockey game, like, table hockey like bubble hockey whatever it was called that's what I feel like like he needs someone to like move to spin the dial the handle to move him but it is very very hard to watch and I hope that someone will knock their heads together and figure it out because if this team wants to improve just a smidge you will put someone else out there on that line and we, we could have a very successful time or just a little bit more, a little bit more of a success out here in Calgary Flamesland.
Coming up next, we are going to talk about the things we have to accept with the Flames going into this, I guess, like the second half of the season. Um, today, here on Lockdown Flames. As always, make sure that you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. I truly don't know what I would have done without being here for you every day this year. This year was a wild ride, and I appreciate everyone sticking through, especially the free agency. I think free agency did a number on a lot. You know, like, sometimes when you're at work and you just, like, have to accept a situation for what it is, and you're just like, there's nothing I can do to fix this like I I could go to my manager and be like hey this isn't really working out but then what are they gonna do nothing because it's not that they don't care maybe but there there's just nothing to do there's no way to fix it and there's no solution in the workplace but someone mentioned in the comments that uh, I believe it was the hockey guy talked about the pattern that the flames have of good year bad year good year bad year Good year, bad year. And that this is the bad year for the Flames. I use the word bad in quotation marks because I don't think the Flames are playing bad hockey. Like, it is not like they are going out there and they don't know what they're doing. Sometimes, does it look like that? Yes. Sometimes, do they forget the fundamentals? Yes. But they have fantastic, fantastic players out there that really can do their job and provide, you know, a service. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I'm not necessarily like dogging on the players. I just, I feel like it's the coaching that just needs to tweak a little bit. And again, this comes back to the stubbornness. So if the, if this is what the roster is, if this is what we're doing, we need to accept that the flames are just going to be playing middle of the road hockey. Like I mentioned earlier, they can hang, hang with the big boys sometimes, and they can beat the beat the bad ones, and they they look fine. Like it looks great because they just scored six to two on the Arizona Coyotes on a Tuesday night in February, and now they're going to beat the Minnesota Wild, who also have this same problem, five to two. So it's definitely a process. I think that we just kind of have to lean into. It reminds me a lot of my first season covering this team, like right before I started covering the team, like two weeks, two, three weeks before uh, the shutdown and sports stopped. But I felt like this team was getting going. Like TJ Brody was scoring a lot. Andrew Mangiapane was like really like finding himself. I think like he had a goal or two against uh, the Bruins that, and I only remember it was the Bruins because I'm 90% sure that was like one of the last games that they played. The last game I believe was against Vegas and they got pooped on, but you know, like almost there. And again, the issue is finishing. And I just, <sighs> Noah Hannafin and Mikhail Backlund fly under the radar top performers on this team. Noah Hannafin has really stepped up his game in terms of his offensive presence. And I love that. There was the play in the Oilers game where he like had a little like sexy little wraparound. Like if someone was there to finish that for him, that would have been nice. He had an assist too on one of the goals. I believe it was the only goal of that game, which was Backland, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, it's just like it's so close. 
And Backlund is, again, one of those players that flies under the radar because he's not always producing offensively. He doesn't always find himself on the score sheet, but his defensive metrics are great. He is, again, one of the more talented two-way players um, on the roster, and I think that you know, he does remind me of Patrice Bergeron, and please don't come at me in the comments for talking about Boston, but I, like, I see the same glimmers of, you know, play and the similarities, and I really just think that uh, Backlund is underappreciated, and hopefully uh, he knows that he is good at hockey, and <laughs> I, we have the game coming up on Saturday against the Canucks. And then they don't play for a few days, but I truly don't know what to expect because it's the Flames. And that's kind of where we're at. Like, you can't go into this game and expect them to win. You can't go in and be like, yeah, they're going to lose because then they're going to show up and play like Stanley Cup champions. But at the same time, like, you just have to be like, okay, it's another... Three periods of Calgary Flames hockey. And you don't know what you're going to get. Life's like a box of Calgary Flames hockey. You never know what's inside. You never know what you're going to get. That's it. That's it. (laughs) And that's all I have for you today here on Locked on Flames. Thank you all so much for tuning in on this fine Thursday afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you may be. Thank you. I appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed, you're following. Uh, Maybe you told a friend about this podcast. Maybe you want to tell a friend about this podcast. Go right ahead. Big stuff planned for 2023. Uh, I look forward to chatting with you all more later today, actually, about some of my favorite hockey moments of 2022. Because how else would we go out with a bang? Bye-bye.